What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. What a week it's been already in the world of pro wrestling, and today's Wednesday, right? So certainly a lot has been going on and we'll get into some other updates and the like. But first, as always, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to the faction. It means an awful lot. Thank you for following us on the socials at the faction show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Big shouts to all of you who are subscribed to our podcast on Spotify, on Apple, on Google. These things mean an awful lot. So thank you so much for your continued support. And if you're not already following or subscribed, go ahead and subscribe today. It really will mean the world to all of us. So be sure to do that. And uh, it makes a massive difference. Okay, so there's a lot to get into. And of course, everybody is talking about the massive news that we started talking about yesterday, and it is still sending shockwaves and ripples throughout the wrestling world. Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, gone from AEW. So just to put into perspective how big this story is, it's obviously big for those of us in the wrestling community. But when outlets like TMZ and the New York Post are reporting about it, this is massive news. So I want to talk a little bit about some information in terms of why Cody Rhodes left AEW. And this is a big piece of news that I think will help shine the light on a few things. So we're aware that Cody was working pretty much as a free agent without a contract. His contract had expired. Well, a few contracts actually expired this year, already at the start of the year. First of them being Chris Jericho, his came up in January, as did Sammy Guevara. So earlier this year, in a kind of a quiet way, AEW picked up Chris Jericho's option to sign for another two years. So they signed a two-year contract extension for Chris Jericho. So Jericho is locked into AEW until 2024. In addition, the Young Bucks and Frankie Kazarian had extension options that were also picked up by Tony Khan. Cody Rhodes also had this option within his contract, but that option was not picked up. So now we ask ourselves the questions, why would you pick up the contracts for Jericho, for the Young Bucks, for Frankie Kazarian, all of whom started the company together, but not... Cody Rhodes. Well, one of the things that TMZ reported yesterday was that there's been a bit of a falling out between Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan. So I'm going to use a little bit of experience here and talk about what we can extract from the statements they made yesterday. They all made statements at the same time. They all were very generous and kind statements, which shows number one that they're professionals. So there's that, right? But you've got to ask yourself, why wouldn't Tony Khan pick up the option to extend the contract for the guy who has been the face of the organization since its inception in 2019? And a lot of this has to do with what many believe really is a falling out between Tony Khan 
and Cody Rhodes. So you kind of have to go back a little ways. I want to suggest to you that you hop onto YouTube and check out an interview that Tony Khan did with Forbes magazine, where Forbes was taking people behind the scenes to get a look at the, in their words, billionaire behind AEW, that being Tony Khan. When you watch this, you see some interesting things. And the narrative that Tony Khan gives us in this interview, which was done in October to show you how far back this goes, it's far different than the narrative that most of us are familiar with relative to AEW. So if you go back to 2018, when there first was the talk of the all-out pay-per-view or the all-in pay-per-view, when Dave Meltzer told Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks that they couldn't fill up a 10,000-seat arena with an indie show. That led us to the all-in pay-per-view, which ultimately many believe was where the full seed of AEW began to germinate. Now, we also know in there that one of the reasons that that happened was that Cody Rhodes was not at the time backed by Tony Khan. In fact, he used a lot of Ring of Honor in terms of Ring of Honor's pay-per-view ability, Ring of Honor's production team, Ring of Honor's camera team, even Ring of Honor's ring used all of those things for the all-in pay-per-view. That was in October of 2018. We would then see just three months later, the start of 2019, we'd see Cody, the Bucks, leave Ring of Honor. We'd see them finish up in New Japan so that they could begin this promotion known as All Elite Wrestling. So, for many, we all understand this as being the idea of Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. However, in this interview from October of 2021, which was done shortly after AEW had that huge show in New York at the Arthur Ashe Stadium, this whole thing sounds like it was a Tony Khan idea based on Tony Khan. Now, I ask this question, if it was indeed a Tony Khan idea, why didn't this concept come up sooner, right? This is a Tony Khan who, by his own admission, watched Hulk Hogan on the A-team and didn't realize Hogan was an actual wrestler. This is the same Tony Khan who saw Sergeant Slaughter on G.I. Joe and didn't realize Sergeant Slaughter was an actual wrestler. I'm not saying he's not a wrestling fan or doesn't like wrestling. I am saying that I'm not exactly sure that this was his initial idea. And so when you start now taking it on as your idea and you start getting as involved as Tony Khan is, remember, when this thing first started, you didn't hear from Tony Khan, you didn't see Tony Khan, but obviously his money was helping to fund things. Now, Tony Khan is the president, he's the CEO, he's the booker, he is involved an awful lot. And I'll just say this, what's interesting to me is for an organization that looked to be counter WWE, you have a billionaire who's now taking the reins, much like another company where a billionaire has taken the reins and is involved in booking, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the similarities are interesting. And so, as I said yesterday, I genuinely believe there are a number of things that led to this decision for Cody Rhodes, one of them being, I believe, the idea that, hey, 
running a company is a tough thing. And after you've done it for a while, sometimes you want to just go ahead and let work be work and home be home. I think that's part of it. I also feel like the decision by Tony Khan to not renew or extend the contract of Cody Rhodes also helped him with his decision making. I'll also say this. We've seen this particular case happen in a number of spaces, be it Christian Cage, be it Drew McIntyre, be it Kurt Angle, a number of folks who left the WWE, who went on to accomplish some big things outside of WWE, when and if you return to WWE, you become a lot more valuable, right? Drew McIntyre was considered the chosen one, but couldn't get it done or wasn't getting it done, went around the world, accomplished major things in impact, in Europe, etc., etc., comes back, and now he wins the NXT Championship and becomes the WWE Champion at WrestleMania and Headlines Mania. You look at Christian, right? Christian, who left as primarily a tag team and mid-card wrestler, wins the world title over an impact, accomplishes quite a bit, comes back to WWE and wins the world championship. There's an interesting theme I just mentioned there, huh? Part of the theme is being able to accomplish big things out of WWE so that you become more valuable to the WWE. So I talked with a lot of people yesterday, as you can imagine, and there are a lot of concerns that some people have. Some are like, can Cody go back to WWE after all that's happened between WWE and AEW? The answer is absolutely yes. Think about this. When the Monday Night Wars were going on in during the Attitude Era, it was super popular to jump from WWE to WCW. But when somebody jumped ship from WCW to WWE, Vince welcomed them back with open arms. The difference between then and now is that Vince has an awful lot of money now, way more money than he had then. Back then, they were just trying to survive. At this point, he can pick and choose who he wants. So my assertion yesterday about Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE as soon as Elimination Chamber, as late as WrestleMania, all of the dirt sheets are now kind of saying what I said yesterday, that they're likely going to do something really, really big for Cody Rhodes. Now, will we see him as soon as Saturday? I don't know. It's not impossible. And I say it's not impossible because it's a flight, right? And all he has to do is appear there and big things will happen. Here's where we're at. WWE needs something pretty massive for this year's WrestleMania. They took a major gamble to go into AT&T Stadium, which holds the record for the largest WrestleMania crowd back at WrestleMania 32. They're taking a big gamble to do that over a two-day period. They have not sold out WrestleMania on either day. And as quiet as it's kept, WrestleMania tickets right now are going two for one. So if you want to go to WrestleMania, now's a pretty good time to do it. With that said, without there being The Rock, what will be the big attraction? Cody Rhodes showing up at WrestleMania, potentially in a marquee match, would be nuts. Can you imagine this? Just Let's just put our thinking caps on. Can you imagine Roman Reigns wins at WrestleMania 
only then for somehow Cody Rhodes to show up and beat Roman Reigns and become the Universal Champion? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what the streets would be saying? Can you imagine? Well, well, let me just say this. Like I said yesterday, I genuinely believe that there are only two things left for Cody Rhodes to do in his wrestling career. Win the world championship in WWE and headline WrestleMania. He has the opportunity to do that if he returns to WWE. I don't think there's another wrestling company that he needs to go to at this point. I don't think there's a wrestling company that could give him the money that he deserves at this point. And so with all of that said, I don't want to make assumptions, but I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion we're going to see Cody Rhodes in WWE as late as WrestleMania. Now, what does this mean for Brandy? Does Brandy have an automatic spot? I don't know that that's so cut and dry because while AEW was certainly looking to build their women's division, the women's division in WWE still remains very strong. And I don't know how Brandy Rhodes, well, there's no I don't know, I do know. Between her mic skills and her in-ring ability, I don't see Brandy Rhodes being able to fit in there with a Rhea Ripley, a Bianca Belair, a Becky Lynch, a Charlotte Flair. You know, I don't see that. But who knows? Anything can happen. With that said, when we come back, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw and how it's probably time for us to put some respect on its name. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. Simon Dallas Page is here at Southern Honor Wrestling. What Jericho is here and can't watch out. It's going on. Because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? 
and we're going to pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever going to happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win. All right, guys, so Monday Night Raw was pretty epic this past Monday night. It's the go home show for Elimination Chamber. And there were a number of pretty amazing moments and matches that happened from the U.S. title match with AJ Styles and Damian Priest to the main event of Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. And then there was that incredible and I do mean incredible gauntlet match to determine who's going to be the last person in the elimination chamber on the women's side of things. It was won by Bianca Belair, but the star of the match was Rhea Ripley, who went coast to coast, 44 minutes and four seconds, defeating everyone, leading us to really kind of a match that we always wanted to see, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Now think about this, it was Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair who both won women's championships at last year's WrestleMania. They were the last two women standing in last year's Royal Rumble. On top of that, immediately after Mania, they both took their titles over to NXT to celebrate the rise of the NXT female in Raw and SmackDown land. They have been the rising stars, and quite frankly, what you need in a space like WWE when you have a Becky and a Charlotte and a Sasha, you need that next crop coming up with them because those three can't fight each other the whole time. So now in there, you have Rhea Ripley, you have Bianca Belair, and I'm going to say something else too. Don't sleep on Dewdrop. Dewdrop and Rhea Ripley had an epic match. These two alumnus of the NXT UK movement showed us why they were pillars and big deals there. And many forget that the first ever NXT UK women's champion was Rhea Ripley. I think Rhea Ripley has now fully shed herself of Nikki A.S.H., and now the opportunity arises for us to see multiple people in the main event picture in the women's division. So with that said, consider the potential return of Bailey. Consider Sasha fully healing up and hopping into things. And now we've got a women's division that's cooking with hot grease. You add in there the rise of Liv Morgan. You add in there Nikki A.S.H. figuring out what she wants to do. All of a sudden, we've got a thing happening in the women's division in WWE, which is pretty exciting. 
But with that said, I want to make sure we put some respect on the name of Monday Night Raw. So we know that Monday Night Raw is not what it was during the 90s, right? But truth be told, what is like it was during the 90s? Not much. And so for all of the criticism that we have given to Monday Night Raw, that it has absolutely deserved and earned, we have to acknowledge that really over the last four weeks, or quite frankly, since we've hit 2022, Raw has made a turn for the better. There have been a number of weeks where there have been either great segments, fantastic interviews, or amazing matches. Think about this. Over the last couple of weeks, we got AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio, an absolute classic. Of course, we saw the matches that happened this week on Monday Night Raw. Last week, AJ Styles and Damian Priest delivered again, and then you have the situation going on with RK Bro and the rise of the Alpha Academy. There's just a lot of things that are happening that are starting to come together and gel at just about the right time. I think there's one thing that we can forget when it comes to personnel and teams. When you add somebody new to an organization or to any team, you drastically change that particular team. And it can take a while for things to gel and germinate. The 90s was an interesting situation that attitude era because you had a great array of talent but that talent was also boosted by the fact that they were in the middle of a war where they were literally fighting for their financial survival you behave differently when your back is against the wall. Vince McMahon has not had any real competition, the likes of which he saw during the Attitude Era. And so for everybody who makes comparisons to the Attitude Era and you say you have better talent and better athletes, it's not true. You had more extenuating external and internal circumstances. That's what you had. You had a company that was on the verge of literally going Going out of business versus another company that wanted to be named the number one company in the world. So you, you had some very different circumstances than what you have now. At this point, you have a Vince McMahon who continues to sign billion dollar deals, who's in better financial shape than this company has ever been. Their focus is not necessarily on having the need to give you great wrestling content. But now they're starting to understand, hopefully, that that is a vital part of this. For all of the entertainment that they try to give us, the name on the marquee is still wrestling it's still world wrestling entertainment and so unless they want to completely get out of the wrestling business there's going to always have to be a focus on the wrestling aspect of what they do in terms of content and so having AJ Styles having some of these other amazing folks and really showing the investment in both sides of the roster meaning the men and women's sides it's starting to really be reflected on Monday Night Raw I think Smackdown has been the better show for a few years now but to see Monday Night Raw starting to make some moves and some headway and some traction is important so congratulations to Monday Night Raw I hope they continue this and God only knows where Cody Rhodes ends up if he ends up and I think honestly he's needed more on Raw than on Smackdown Smackdown is already top heavy with stars but if you put Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw holy cow what a game changer that will be so let me throw one other piece out there that has kind of gone under the radar but it is happening this week 
at New Year's Evil for NXT, which by the way, NXT had a great show last night, their NXT Vengeance Day. But their earlier show, back in January, New Year's Evil, we saw the unification of the Cruiserweight Championship and the North American Championship. That match was won by the North American Champion Carmelo Hayes, who defeated Roderick Strong to unify those titles. Well, as the Cruiserweight Championship has gone, now goes the official Cruiserweight show. 205 Live is officially done. And it is being replaced by a new show that hits in its same time slot. It's called NXT Level Up. So if you remember, uh, about a year or so ago, there was talk about a second NXT show, which at that time served to be exciting because there was so much talent on the NXT roster that it made sense to have a second show with the NXT show that aired on USA being its main show. Now you have NXT 2.0 on USA, and you'll have NXT Level Up on Peacock. Now, really what 205 Live turned into over these last few months has been the breeding ground to what we will now call NXT Level Up. We saw for the first time women on 205 Live. We had not seen women on there before. That has been happening, along with other superstars who have not quite hit the NXT television show, but they are performing on 205 Live, now NXT Level Up. That's happening, and that kicks off this Friday on Peacock. So with that said, official RIP to 205 Live. I will say that that is yet another part of the Triple H dynasty that has been dismantled. What 205 Live meant was certainly WWE's perhaps final attempt at acknowledging a cruiserweight division. There was a point where it got really, really hot. Remember, 205 Live was once put on the WWE Network immediately following SmackDown. It was a live show, and I always found that to be confusing for the fans who, after you've watched a main event of SmackDown, are you really prepared mentally to watch more action, particularly when it's not dealing with stars that you're familiar with? I always thought that it was problematic to have 205 Live airing after SmackDown in that same arena of fans who don't generally turn into the WWE Network. So they finally made the decision to move 205 Live down to Orlando where NXT is taped. It took them way too long to do that. By then, I think 205 Live was on life support. Most of us stopped watching it. But with all of that said, 205 Live did serve an important purpose, brought us some great matches, brought us some great champions, and some great moments. R.I.P. to 205 Live. All right, with that said, tonight, AEW should be most interesting. The first ever episode of AEW without Cody Rhodes signed to the roster. How will AEW respond? We'll find that out tonight on AEW Dynamite. And then, of course, we've got things happening with the NWA this week, WWE, and, of course, remember, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view airs this Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So that's much different than the normal 8 p.m. Eastern start time on a Saturday night. So remember, during the day is when you can catch Elimination Chamber live. And the big question to me is, 
is not who's going to walk out of the elimination chamber as the WWE champion or the number one contender to the Raw Women's title. The big question to me is, will Cody Rhodes show up at the elimination chamber? All right, guys, until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. Solid